further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy. Um, how are we starting this one? No clue. Not a clue. We started recording and then looked at each other. How, how are we beginning? What's the, what's the intro here? I think we're squandering our moment to capture our audience. We probably have. Who are the people that follow us by now just like us anyway? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, so let's start this over again. Yes, we better start over again. That was a very lame intro. Okay. <laughs> Or really? Do you want to just keep it? I never know what you're going to do with the editing. <laughs> we'll see. Right. Welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey, Amy. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. I most likely will keep that first awkward intro we just had. Man, I just did a little pod. I listened to a podcast about things that speakers should not do. And one of them is squander an intro. And I think we just did it. That or this intro has been just so charming that all our listeners are like, man, I just wish I was sitting in the room with them. They probably do, actually. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Early August. I'm not sure what date this one will get released. But man, I've been having some anniversary mm. um moments, thoughts, feelings. Mm -hmm. It was a year ago was the first time I heard those nasty words. Um, The words were significant, malignant tumor. And here we are with no tumor. It's interesting, the psychology of trauma and how things come back to you. But also then as I'm revisiting what God did and how he has helped us. And that first word that started to wake me up out of my trauma into stupor was I eat giants for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking back over the year and going, how did that go down? Inspiring words that God mm-hmm. gives us in the moment are like, yes, but how do you do those on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. And there's so mm-hmm. many Tuesdays, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was thinking about the practicalities of that. And all through this year, the phrase that has spoken to me as both challenge and inspiration has been from Psalm 23, which mm-hmm. is such a, a well-known psalm. Lots mm-hmm. of people who never go to church know the Lord is my shepherd. It's familiar to them. They've heard it at a funeral or whatever. And the words in that psalm that make me think of eating giants for breakfast is, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the only way to eat the giants is to feast on Jesus. Mm. And how do we do that? On all the Tuesdays. Yeah. Especially the January Tuesdays, right? Oof, Yeah. <laughs> When it's dark and dreary. Yeah. And it's so in the psalm, it talks about, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I mean, for sure, I felt like I was walking through literally a valley of the shadow of death, but so was everybody else in the world. Mm -hmm. Right? COVID made all of us who often feel safely immune to death, unless you're, you know, one of the unlucky ones that just got a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but everybody was afraid of death. And so I've spent a lot of time pondering. This idea of the looming giant that casts the shadow. Mm. I was like, giants do cast shadows. Mm. Like the shadow of death is cast by, I just, uh, the way I picture it, it's like the enemy is looming over us with threats mm. of disaster. Yeah. And that threat of disaster can be a thing like cancer or COVID. It can also be the shadow of disappointment of worrying about our kids or our spouse or our marriage or our parents or our finances. Like anything that we feel threatened by. Yeah. Anything that comes to, again, tie in another verse that seems to have the capacity to steal, 
kill or destroy something mm-hmm. that we value or hold dear. Like, like. Which is like John 1010. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, our comfort. Yep. Right? And so I, I've just had this really visual picture all through this year of what it means to be in the shadow of something. Hmm. And if you're in the shadow of something, if you turn towards the thing that's casting the shadow, it totally blocks out the light. Yeah. And it's big. And if you turn away so that your back is to the shadow, you're looking towards the light. Mm-hmm. So I've had that thought a lot. It's not like we should be in denial about the giant that's casting the shadow, because that's just stupid and not helpful. Mm-hmm. But we shouldn't be in awe of it. No, yeah. It's like that balance of like, okay, awareness, the reality of what's going on, that this is whatever the thing is, that yeah. this is a thing, yeah. but not that it's like all consuming. Right. And I, I started to think a lot this last winter about how often our conversations center around, yeah, the shadow. Mm. And it's so big. And I even got thinking, I mean, COVID made it easy for me to have a visual that applies yeah. to everybody. But we can just glorify the giant by focusing, focusing on it. Mm-hmm. So much energy going into discussing the giant, the dimensions of the giant. You know, if you watch the news, the news is such a good picture. I, when does the news have good news on it? Oh, my goodness. Okay, you know what? That is something that I have, like, become so aware of is, like, okay, this is my spin on it. It's like COVID lost its excitement. Okay, then it was like Ukraine and Russia mm-hmm. that, you know, they were going to end up. Now it's monkeypox, like mm-hmm. that, you know, it's the next big thing that nobody saw. Co- and it, just, it was like the headlines are so... Um, relentless. Relentless and like amped up. It's not just mm-hmm. like, man, monkeypox is a concern yeah. that we're keeping an eye on. Yeah. It's like monkeypox is the next epidemic that we're not prepared for. <laughs> That it, yeah, that is my side thing that it's, it's, I guess, to bring it back to the feasting part, what we're feasting on actually really determines whether we're focused on the giant or not. Yes. And I'm not at all advocating denial and oblivion. I'm super concerned about some friends I have in the Ukraine, right? Like I really care Mm. about these things. I I read my headlines actually so that I can quickly read over what I need to know. So mm-hmm. that I can know how to pray, so I can know how to, you know, vote. Like, whatever yeah. your thing is, we have a responsibility. Yeah. I'll do a quick side note, another side note, because I I have found this um, Instagram newsletter uh, organization called Pour Over News. I've been listening P- to their podcast. P-O- you are, you are yeah. over news. And what it is, yeah. it's a Christian organization that they report headlines in a very non-sensational, yeah. panic-inducing way. And so they report it very unbiasedly. And then they like attach verses to the end. So it's like, we can feel really afraid when all these things. But remember, God is, I really highly recommend it. I get a lot of my news now from them just because it's not panic. That's hilarious because I didn't know you were doing that. And I listen okay. to the podcast. They do it twice a week. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like 10 minutes. So oh, I can do okay. it while I'm getting ready. Yeah. Because all about the multitasking, man. Yeah. And I'm trying to limit my social apps. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the pour over is good. And it's not to be flippant about it. It's like, this is what you need to know. And this is also what God says you need to know. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that because I was thinking about how when, you know, you watch the news, they do a headline. I'm like, I have been at relatives' houses that keep the news on for two hours at night. It's the same cycle over and over again. And then they get these little commentators on there. And honestly, I was just thinking the other day how, you know, the panel of the three heads. And the one is like, 
been studying the giant through the ages and the giant's never been this big and then the second specialist is like done their phd on the dimensions of the current giant and they just discovered they always thought the giant had seven horns and now we know it has 10 get under your bed there's no hope except get under your bed right like i'm making a joke of it but it's actually Mm -hmm. true Mm -hmm. and anything we focus on and magnify that's actually the definition of the word worship in scripture Mm -hmm. i know Mm-hmm. I know. So it's like seriously validating we need to know stuff. I can't, couldn't walk in denial of the cancer. I had to go yeah. to the appointments. I had to show up. I had to listen to the test results. But I never needed to be more impressed with that mm-hmm. than the promises of God and the presence of Jesus in my space. Yeah. Because anytime I was, I was completely debilitated. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that that turning and worshiping Jesus instead is not just like this little panacea or this um, trite solution that it was gritty Mm -hmm. (laughs) real and it was the only way I was going to get through it with any kind of spiritual and emotional victory regardless of what happened to my body Mm. yeah and kind of to jump back to that John 10 10 you know talks about steal kill and destroy but then it says you know that Jesus has come that he may have that you may have life and have it abundantly right and yes. so it's like we see the giants we're in the shadow of the giants and think well this can't be abundant life so funny you bring up the word abundance did we do a word of the year episode i can't remember i don't know that we did this year yeah because i do remember having a significant amount of sarcasm about my word of the year yeah yeah <laughs> so my word of the year i was t- i was talking to the lord about on new year's eve so new year's eve i was recovered from surgery almost to the point no i was recovered from radiation almost yeah. to the point that i felt normal mm-hmm. and uh i liked that little happy space that i was in there for a week or two where i could just like almost pretend life was normal yeah but going into january i knew i was going to have surgery and i was just so dreading it um because it was just going to the amount of health I had regained was going to be gone. And it was going to be another process to go through. Cancer feels like whack-a-mole. You just get up and then they whack you down again. Oh, now that you're well enough, Mm. we'll do the next round of treatment. And that is really how it goes until you're done. So I was struggling with that. Anyway, so it's New Year's Eve and I'm like, oh, I'm wondering what my word of the year is going to be. And like not even done the sentence. You know how that goes? Mm -hmm. And the word abundance popped into my head. And (laughs) it's so funny you would bring it up. Mm -hmm. I don't think I should brag about the fact that sometimes I'm sarcastic with God because I I don't think that's a recommended posture towards the Almighty. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, He can so handle my real, honest, Mm -hmm. raw emotions, right? So I was just like, oh, great, whatever. I don't even like how you talk, God. Like, so abundance. Wow, sure. This is a super abundant time in my life. Like, no, abundance would be if you healed me, right? Like, I had that kind of Mm -hmm. really immediate, visceral, raw reaction and uh, i'm thinking abundance looks like winning the lottery or a tropical vacation or a supernatural miracle but cancer treatment is not abundance and i don't care how you want to twist that like like kind yeah. of like Ugh. it's like that verse in scripture that's like a day is with the lord is as a thousand years and i'm like nope i want a timeline i can understand yeah. like that is not a comforting promise to me that just feels like a get off the hook like yeah. whatever so i was kind of like this immediate frustration with god which he can handle and if we stay in that spot of, yeah, right, whatever, God, that's actually rebellion. Mm, mm-hmm. So I knew that that wasn't a good, it was okay for me to vent my authentic feelings to the Lord, but that I didn't want to stay in a place of rebelling against what he was saying. So then I was like, okay, fine. 
Um, if this is going to be year of abundance, you're going to have to show me how. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes me laugh because Psalm 23 is so familiar yeah. that we can just read through it like, feast in the presence of my enemies. That's nice. Um, my cup runs over. <laughs> your rod and your staff comfort me. To me, the picture I have of that, like some people have this picture of God coming after them with a stick because they need to smack up the side of the head, mm. which some people need sometimes. <laughs> but the rod and the staff keep the sheep on the path. Mm. right and so he comes along with his rod and staff and nudges us yeah and the thing he put into my heart immediately was to keep a gratitude journal Mm. and i'm like yeah that's so cheesy cute (laughs) i recently heard someone again talk about toxic positivity and i hadn't heard anybody say that phrase recently Mm -hmm. for a long time and i was like yeah you know what what the lord was asking me to do wasn't toxic positivity no and it wasn't denial like somebody said oh none of those little things make up for cancer. And I'm like, that's not the point. Mm. I think the point was, I was already obviously acknowledging, not in denial about where I was at. The Lord was asking me to be really intentional about acknowledging and celebrating his presence in my days. Mm. And that's actually what it looks like to feast in the presence of your enemies. Yeah. So my journal, I just did bullet points. So people should not be intimidated that they have to like journal, journal. I did bullet points for this gratitude thing, but every day I knew I was going to have to do it. Mm. So it was like, I kept my eyes open. Yeah. And some days it was things like, Amy came over. Mm. And some days it was just like, I felt like I was digging deep. And then I realized what I was doing was like thinking deeply. Mm. Yes, I felt like crap and I was lonely. Mm. But I was in this really beautiful house in the middle of January with sun shining in the window. The furnace was coming on. Like air, gas was mysteriously and magically coming into a furnace designed by someone who has some kind of brilliance I don't have. Mm -hmm. And pushing hot air into my house. And no bombs were falling on me. Like those are actually all legitimately true things Mm -hmm. that are coinciding with the other stuff. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not a way of denial, but it sure was intentional paying attention to goodness in my life. Oh yeah. And that, that's abundant life. Well, here we are at the first week of August. I have 14 pages of bullet points. Mm. When I flip through it, I'm like, oh my word, this is actually abundance. Look at the amount of goodness in my life that I don't deserve. Like I don't ever feel entitled to any Mm. of that. I'm not entitled to have kind friends. I'm not entitled to have a furnace in my house. I I don't know. I just, all of it is like this gift of goodness. Mm. That technology is the invention of creative people who are paying attention to what God was ideas God was giving them, friends responding to promptings, phone calls from people I don't even know. I just like, it is actually abundant. I have had an abundant year. Mm, Yeah. And that's feasting on Jesus. That worship, acknowledgement of him and his goodness doesn't mean the giant's not there. And so this is what makes me laugh. When we read this verse, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know how I always like to make scripture like look like what I can relate to? Yeah. I was picturing, picture taking you out for a really nice dinner yeah and sitting down at the keg and your steak comes and all your stuff just the way you ordered it and all of a sudden there's this like giant stinking giant Mm -hmm. breathing yucky breath and growling at you over the table would you sit there and just eat no you'd be like uh what is this like let's deal with this yeah yeah and that's what we do jesus manager come and get this guy out of here so i can Mm -hmm. enjoy my meal if you don't get deal with it i'm leaving yeah and i just had this picture of jesus like coming in response to the panic called up the mitt to the manager and Jesus being like, scooch over. I'm just going to sit down with you here. You can enjoy your dinner. Mm-hmm. I've got some strategies for you. Yeah. 
And this, I've already dealt with the giant. The giant's not going to stick around. Don't be impressed. We've got this. Enjoy your dinner. Mm -hmm. That was a really good visual for me. That is a good visual. And so it's like, and then he's like, the psalmist says, my cup runs over. And that's what I feel like. Oh, yeah, there's abundance. Even while the shadow is here, even while he's saying, come, come and feast. And I'm like, no, deal with the giant and then we'll party. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, come and feast. I have thoughts and ideas, strategies for you. Look at me. Mm-hmm. And your cup will run over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days. Not yeah. just the days when there's no giant. Yeah. And that Psalm 23, it's, I think, but I can't tell for sure, but I think mm-hmm. in... In John 10, when Jesus is talking about how he's the good shepherd, he's directly relating it to that. Right. Because there's similar things, right? It talks about, you know, he's a shepherd. And I mean, Jesus jumps all over the place. He <laughs> talks about gates. He's the gate. And then he's the door. And then he's the shepherd. Because like, not one analogy is good enough no. to encompass who he is. But, and that thing that I referred to, right? The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And my purpose is to give them life and life in abundance. But just before that is something that I didn't realize. Or he's saying he's the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. We get that. We understand that. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. And to me, that connects with the like feasting in the presence of our enemies. Good pastures, right? When yeah. when cattle or sheep find good pasture, right? It's like provides nourishment. It provides rest. It provides security. It provides all those things in in sustenance. And as right the the feasting the presence of my enemies, whenever I hear that and connect it to Jesus, it's always like, oh yeah, he's not just our savior. He's not just our Lord. He's our sustainer. That it's like in the midst of things, he is the one actively sustaining us. He's the one feeding us. He's the one giving us good pastures. That it's like, as we feast on his presence, as we find good pasture where we can be restored and rest and fed and sustained, it's like that translates to abundant life, Mm -hmm. regardless of the giants, regardless of the circumstances, because he is, he is good. And his goodness and his abundant life is actually not dependent on our circumstances. Whether the giant there is there or not, he is there. Mm -hmm. He is there. My thought is, would you dare turn from being so impressed with the giant and feast on Jesus? Because that's almost to me like stick it to the giant. Mm. (laughs) Can you imagine how much like if you are a being that thrives on intimidation because that's what the enemy has on us is just intimidation all the time just threat 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 nothing he can do trumps what christ has done for us or will do for us Mm -hmm. to turn your back on that and be like yeah i'm gonna curl my pinky and have a cup of tea or you know pick up my steak knife here as though you're not there Mm. that to me is just like sticking it to the enemy and it also makes me feel like people who will willfully make that choice are going to be so dangerous, mm-hmm. so dangerous. And for me, that's a strategy, again, of heading further up and further in. 